With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast to be named later. I am Noah Hiles. He is Alex Stumpf. And Alex, I don't like to brag a lot. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a humble guy. Just kidding. I love to brag, especially when I get things right. And I had game one pegged pretty accurately, I must say. Did you have the final score right? I know you had the Dodgers with eight. Yeah, I said it was going to be 8-6. And all that was missing was that I said that they would have a ninth inning rally where they hit like a meaningless two-run homer, and that never came. But uh, I I mean, it was pretty much exactly what we predicted. Um, Kershaw... Best postseason start, best World Series start he's had in his career. Uh, And it's honestly something where even if you're one of those Dodger haters, you hate them because they're the big market team, they're the juggernaut, whatever. You got to be glad to see Clayton Kershaw come in and absolutely dominate like he did in game one here after having a horrible game four outing uh, in the NLCS being really of no assistance to his team at all. Um, coming in here and getting them that first of four needed wins was really big on his end. Yeah, and the six innings. I mean, we came into this saying how the Rays had the benefit in the bullpen of one extra day. And Kershaw, he pitched really damn well. I mean, mm-hmm. this, was, this was regular season. Clayton Kershaw right here, like a good regular season start from him. He probably could have gone the seventh inning. I don't blame Dave, Dave Roberts for going to the bullpen whenever he did. You know, like, hey – Big complaint with Clayton Kershaw is he starts games and, you know, just sticks around a little bit too long. You know, we're not even going to mess around with it. And you know what? They Dodgers didn't have to go to their A bullpen unless you consider, you know, Baez and Joe Kelly really, you know. No. No, they're not. Joe Kelly's A content, uh, not A bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. But you know what? This is the win the Dodgers needed. They needed a way to, you know, considering how much they were taxed in that game seven, get a quick win, show that Cody Bellinger could, you know, still swing a bat and you know make catches in the outfield with one arm. Like a, a lot of good things happened for the Dodgers today. Cody Bellinger uh, has is slowly becoming one of my favorite players in baseball. Um, just with a, how good he is B with his perpetual, always stoned face uh, in the dugout where he's just, just, looking into you know nowhere just think i mean the memes of him we've talked about earlier on the show and uh in past days and then i love the foot tap celebration i mean that, that was, was classic so yeah after he dislocates his shoulder celebrating in game seven uh by doing that stupid arm lock jump that i i, I agree with uh john smoltz i don't see the need for that um, so now they're just doing the foot taps and every, and everyone loved that. So that was good. Uh, but a big game from Bellinger, a big game from that Dodgers lineup that we talked about how it's, it's hard to pitch 
to a lineup that one through nine. I mean, they mentioned it on the broadcast today. Kike Hernandez is like that 10th man, that guy Mm -hmm. who, you know, maybe doesn't start, maybe does. And he hit the game tying home run in game seven of the NLCS. And he had another big hit today. It's just like, there is no break. Their backup catcher, Austin Barnes, when he's just playing, when Kershaw is playing, that's a guy that would probably start on 15 or more Major League Baseball teams. I, it is just, there's no break. There's I think no I break. literally wrote last, last off season that the Pirates should look at Austin Barnes. Yeah. It's like a starting option. Yeah. Um, but to flip things over now uh, about the Tampa Bay Rays, I think we had them pegged right as well. We both said Glassdown was going to have trouble with this lineup especially mm-hmm. the second time through with just the uh, the uh, left-handed bats that it has and everything uh, looked really good through four innings. Uh, aside from the two-run bomb he allowed, I think, in the third, um, yeah, pretty solid. Bad. I think he had seven or eight – yeah, seven strikeouts through four. Um, they kept him in too long. I, I And I think that that's a fair judgment to make. Other guys like Kershaw – where you can make that debate where, oh, they pulled him too early or whatever because they have established the ability to go late into games. This is a guy, he doesn't pitch long. Glass now, if you look at his starts, even when he's doing well, this is a guy who he throws 100 pitches in, in five innings, and he racks up 12 strikeouts, and that's what you get when you have a great bullpen. I don't know why you brought him out there for the fifth inning. I think he was at like 85 pitches, I want to say. Going into that fifth inning, I think four solid innings from your starter there with the best bullpen in baseball and only down 2 nothing against that Dodgers team, I think uh, in, in Cash doesn't make many bad choices. He's a very good manager, uh, but the, I, I disagreed with that decision. That was a game one decision. That was a game one. You, yeah. know, you got a whole series, you know, if you get a chance to milk one more inning, out of your starters that can make, you know, an impact later in the series. Like, if this was game five, Tyler Glass, though, 100% does not pitch that fifth inning. Yeah. They take the four innings, two-run ball, and they're like, all right, we're going to give it over to the rest of the guys. That's probably what it's going to be for a lot of basically everyone, you know, in the second half of this series, if there is a second half. I was going to say, aside from Snell, Snell's like that guy where they just kind of let go. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see about that, but we, we kind of saw Snow with a quick hook you yeah. know, in, in the LCS also. So, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't the changeup that got him that got him messed up, so I was wrong in my analysis there. But yeah. it, we both were on the same wavelength. Like, you know, this is there's so many left-handers in this lineup. There's mm-hmm. going to be something. And, you know, the one home run was a mistake pitch in, what was it, the third inning, I want to say, the mm-hmm. two-run bomb. Besides that, you know, he got to that lineup well, you know, one, one and a half times, and then not after that. All right, and the final uh, aspect of the game slash player I want to highlight is uh, the people's champion. The people's champion must be everything the people can't be, and there's not many people that can be Mookie Betts. My God, is this guy just incredible. And the graphic that Fox put on, uh, after his home run was literally, they just said, we're trying to go viral right now. It was one MVP, one world series title, two time tacos for everyone stolen base. And Holy cow. I, I mean, that's just like, Hey, it's like the craziest promote. Like Taco Bell's just signing up saying, Hey, we're going to give everyone a free taco because there's going to be a stolen base in the world series. Could you imagine if there wasn't? 
Uh, I mean, that would be the Oakland A's, honestly. If the yeah. A's won the World Series and swept, like they would, that would be like we would all be going, we'd all be paying for tacos on October 28th. But that's not the case. Free plug for Taco Bell. They need that advertising. Uh, but anyway, Mookie Betts, he gets the stolen base. He steals third as well. He has the awesome slide home on that throw, but by which was a great play by Yandi. That was like an awesome overall baseball play where he fielded that yeah. with the backhand, threw it home. Zanino made a great effort to make that tag. Mookie with the awesome slide. I literally screamed when that happened. I'm like, I freaking just love this sport. Like that's like just an all-around great baseball play. Uh, but Mookie just had a great game. I mean, he does it in the field. This is the guy. I, 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 I If I could make a uh, substitution or a change to our predictions – I would like to nom- I would like to change my pick to Mookie Betts being the World Series MVP because he's playing the best baseball out of anybody still playing baseball right now. My game one MVP was the Boston Red Sox yeah. for, for trading Mookie Betts so we could hear about two dumbass franchise trades <laughs> instead of just the parts of the Glasnow-Austin yeah. Meadows stuff. He's like, okay, okay, at least the parts traded prospects. The Red Sox traded away an MVP. You got to feel for a small market like Boston yeah. who, you know, they need that financial flexibility. They need that, yeah. They they can't afford to sign big players like those Boston Red Sox, you know. They everyone talks about the the attendance problems at Fenway Park, how the Red Sox no one watches their games. I mean, how dumb are they? I mean, that like I get that Pirates fans have a lot of reasons to to be upset about talent leaving, but Mookie Betts not being a Boston Red Sox for his entire career is not only a crime against baseball. It's a crime against humanity. They should be thrown in jail. I don't I don't condone the lock lock them up chant a lot, but like opening day when the when when the Henry family's on the field, they got to you, you got to do some time. That is unacceptable to be watching Mookie Betts making these plays in the postseason wearing blue and gray instead of uh red and navy and white. You know just for the financial flexibility part, they're like, oh, well, we had to get rid of David Price's contract. It's it's a lot of stuff. It's like, this is what you signed up for whenever you get Dave Dombrowski. I'm sorry. Everything Red Sox is going to come back to Dave Dombrowski. It's like you had a perfectly good general manager in Ben Sherrington. He built this incredible farm system that is going to lead you to a World Series in a couple years. And... Now you're, you you traded away all that for one World Series for one unbelievable weekend in Vegas, and now you're looking at the bill. <laughs> at it. Yeah, and it's that, that's it. Mookie Betts was part of the bill. Yeah, and and that it's not like they haven't paid stars before. Like that's the thing where it's like they yeah. locked Manny up for a long time. Manny left because he was How just much is Mookie making compared to Manny Ramirez. Not even like taking inflation into account, just like raw dollars. Yeah. And that's like they paid Manny Manny left because he was just quite literally insane. Like he yeah. was pushing old people down the stairs that's and high fiving fans in the middle of the game. Like you can't be doing that. Um so yeah, and then they paid Poppy and, you know, I mean, Poppy was a productive player, but they paid a DH money to keep him around. This is the second best, probably second best five-tool guy in all of baseball. I, I like oh, the no, best five-tool guy. You think he's more complete of a player than Trout? Yes. Trout can't field the same way Mookie Betts does. Fair. I Fair. Mm. 
Does Trout like, have I, any I, I still say Trout is the better overall player by yeah. like a hair. But if we're talking about someone who could actually do all five tools, no one comes close to Mookie Betts. All right. I mean, I don't have that much of an argument. I would say the biggest difference between the two is their arm. Where yeah. Mookie, Mookie has a freaking cannon, and Trout's arm is probably the worst part of his game. Trout still does make those like crazy catches every now and then at the wall, but Mookie does. I mean, his his like fly ball radius is like the outfield, essentially, and 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 part of the infield as well, and you know maybe some of the seats, like the the one hundred sections. He just covers everything. I love watching the guy play. I love baseball. Hopefully this game this goes to seven. Does uh my final question for you on the World Series, Alex? Does anything you uh did anything you saw in Game One um change your outlook on the series? Do you still think Rays in seven? I still think Rays in seven. I like I said, I thought this was going to be the game they lose. I'm probably not going to change it until they lose Game Three. If if, if whatever they lose, a Charlie Morton start just whatever. It's like okay, we got a problem. Okay. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I mean, I I said the Dodgers win these first two games, and the Rays win the next two. So, and this went pretty much exactly how we expected, which is incredibly rare. I mean, especially for you, you're a guy who said the Pirates would be a fringe playoff team this year. Uh-huh. We're gonna take a Thanks. quick break. Speaking of the Pirates, when we return, Alex wrote something up about the Pirates and how it kind of pertains to what we're seeing pitching wise in the postseason from one of the two teams that's still playing. We're going to talk about that and more when we return. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Second segment of the show, and Alex, as always, the second segment of this show is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. Uh, Not an accurate number, but they have approximately about a billion beers on tap there. Most of them are local. All of them taste delicious. You and I uh, go down there regularly, pay a visit, get some – is it growler or crowler? Crowler. It's crowler because it's in a can. It's a growler if it's in glass. Oh. Look at that. Look at that. Carter is developing me into a beer snob on our Friday shows on Facebook because I still have the palate of a frat boy where it's just like, I just need to drink this as fast as possible uh, and not really enjoy the taste. We're working on changing that. Now you're increasing my beer vernacular as far as consumption methods, I guess you could say. Uh, So that's good too. Alex, uh, Mike's Beer Bar, shout out to them. Also shout out to your article that you wrote, uh, Pirate Story, kind of tying in, you know, Cliche is you watch Morton, you watch Glass now, and you're saying, why can't this be the Pirates guys when they're in Pittsburgh? And you basically wrote something saying, this could be the case here soon. Uh, explain a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, we we saw a different, a change in how the Major League pitching went this last year. Uh, there was no talk of outs on three pitches or less. It was about, you know, maximizing strengths. It was about... You know, using new data, making sure pitchers understand this data. It, it was a very it, Oscar Marine 
in just a message really changed a, a lot in the approach. And it looks like we're going to see that happen in, in the farm system as well. Pirates are uh, moving on from their two pitching coordinators that they had for the past couple years. Um, Scott Mitchell, Tom Filer, two guys who were within the system, you know, in a multitude of different roles for most of Neil Huntington's tenure with the, with the organization. And, you know, it's the front office player development restructuring that we're seeing. I mean, it's just a constant little drip of, Hey, this guy's not going to be here anymore. This guy's not going to be here anymore. And this is low key. I feel like kind of really impactful. Like it's going to be a completely new approach to pitching and the pirates need that. Like we saw, we saw it in the major leagues, but it has to happen in player development too. Like, we joke about, you know, the outs on three pitches or less. Like I put in the lead of my story, that that was throughout the system. That was something that every manager had to keep track of. Don't worry about that. Let's let's pick let's go to each pitcher's strength. How do we make this pitcher do their best work with the pirates rather than going to Tampa Bay and getting shown in game one of the World Series? No. Be on that platform instead. Hitting on that three pitches or less, no, Alex, I remember 2018 when we were just becoming buddies uh and i was we were sitting by each other in a press box and i was watching you keep score because i noticed there were like different notes you were making on your scorecard and i was like what is he keeping track of here and you had like a different color pen or something or you had a different marking on certain outs and i finally asked you i was like what are you doing here and you're like and i forget who was on the mound i think it might have been chad cool you said i'm keeping track of every at bat where he makes an out three pitches or less and something and and you were you know you were kind of monitoring that well i think you were doing it for a story that countered that approach because i i mean you were never for that but yeah it it is interesting to see it's not just interesting it's delightful to see them like moving away from this uh as they did at the major league level like you said but yeah developing these guys where it's just it's like teaching you know when you have a thoroughbred, you let it run, man. You know, and, and like that's the thing where letting guys just be the pitchers that they are is is so important. And especially when you're drafting with these high picks, taking guys in the first round and and just saying, you know, they have all this raw talent and not trying to fit them. It's it's you're getting five star recruits and forcing them to learn the veer option and like they're playing for Army and Navy. And that's dumb. Let these guys I'm a peacock on this. You got to let me fly on this one. To quote Mark Wahlberg, uh, in in one of the best Peacocks comedies of all time. Yeah, they, if they get a running start, they can do it. <laughs> don't go chasing waterfalls. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, I think that before I get too excited about this, uh, obviously, and who whoever they hire, I'm not gonna pretend like I know a ton about. Uh, I mean, and we'll we'll research or whatever, but whoever they put in these places, I do trust Ben Charrington's ability to make the right hires. I think that he understands putting that system into place. Uh, I liked how the Red Sox Red Sox kind of developed hitters more than their pitchers when he was there. But nonetheless, I'm I'm when it comes to development, I'm a Ben Charrington believer, and I think that he's able to recognize people who can put a system in place that will succeed. So this is a definitely a big step in the right direction. Yeah. And I mean, this is almost, it almost has to be like a, in Ben, we trust situation. If you're a Pirates fan, yeah, because the player development, that's the key here. That's 
I know that's only one of the four pillars he talks about. You know, you also have to identify talent. You have to find ways to bring them into the organization. Stuff, but like actually development, it developing yeah. is going to be the most important thing. Like the pirates know how to identify talent. That's yes. never been an issue. Yeah. You, we mean, wouldn't be talking about Morton. We wouldn't be talking yeah. about Glasnow Cole if they could. Yeah. Or Meadows or yes. Jose Batista or whoever. And it's, yeah, they've always had talent. And it's it's been even guys like I always bring this guy up. Nick Kingham is someone that like is a tragedy that like how his how his career went out. And I know that was more injuries than anything else. A big part of Nick Kingham was he lost so much fastball velocity after the Tommy John. Yes, and that that sucks. But I mean, I still think Tommy John might have even played a part in development. You know, who's to say it didn't? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's just they've always had the ability to find guys, find young studs and trades. I mean, they found O'Neill Cruz trading away a left-handed reliever. You know, they, they, they've always been able to scout out guys, draft well. It's just making the most of them, developing them, is and, a freaking struggle. And, and sustaining it as well. When guys get up there, they have a good year, they can't have another good year after that first good year. Like, look at Josh Bell. It's a freaking roller coaster. Getting the most out of it. That's the main thing here. And from the pitching standpoint, this is going to be a whole different. Oh, yeah. Like, college pitching is very different to develop than high school pitching. The Pirates mm -hmm. liked high school pitching because they were young. They were impressionable. They had complete control on how they were going to learn. Whereas if you get a guy from college, he's worked with a college pitching coach for three or four years. You know, that, that type of deal. This past draft, Lujinski, Garcia, Hartman, Hoffman. Four college arms in, in this draft. Like, that's going to be different than what they've done in the past. If you go to Carmen Majinski and say, like, hey, we're going to make you start throwing, you know, he already throws a sinker, but for the sake of the metaphor, let's say he doesn't. Like, you're going to throw a completely different type of fastball, and we're going to be, want you to make sure you get outs on three pitchers or less. We're not going to keep track of the batting average, which – Many moons ago in Pirates Guide 2019, which was spearheaded by our friend Jason Rolson, those collection of essays, I, I wrote one where I did the dive and found like Pirates pitchers had like a 100-point batting average increase on the at-bats that are three pitches or less compared to ones that go longer than three. So it's like, okay, this, this ideology is actually quite literally not working. It's 100 points higher. Batters are go from Mendoza line to batting title, you know, contenders, you know, whenever they get these short at bats, a lot's going to change. We're going to have, we're going to see some changes in the front office. We're going to see some new hires going around there. I, I don't want to like jump the gun with a lot of stuff until we see which people they do bring in. But like I said, Ben Sherrington's done it once before. He's going to have to do it again. I, I, the restructuring moves that we have seen, I think, have been a step in the right direction. At least the cutting. That's only half the job. You also have to hire. Yeah. Well, we're on the same page there. Alex, another great show, according to my standards anyway. Any final thoughts? No scrubs. Don't want no scrubs. Got a creep. Got a creep. If you haven't seen <laughs> the other guys, funny. any. <laughs> If you haven't seen the other guys, please, please check that out. 
Uh, that's not my final thought. My final thought is October 28th. Don't forget, Mookie Betts is putting food on your table. Mark it on your calendars. We'll probably have a show then. We'll have a show for you tomorrow. Be sure to tune in to, or be sure to hit that subscribe all button. Follow us on social media. Leave a comment. You guys know the drill. We'll talk to you tomorrow.